thanks for checking out this message from Springmount Church. For more information about us and what we do, visit our website, springmount.church. Why not check out all the different groups that run throughout each week in Barrow and on Walney? And join us every Sunday from 11am at Salt House Pavilion in Barrow Infernos. If you would like us as a church to pray for you, please email prayer at springmount.church or sign up on our website for monthly news straight to your inbox. So on Wednesday when we were at Toddlers, um, I was stood in the kitchen next to Mel when uh, Johnny came up to Mel and said, um, would you be prepared to share on Sunday? And I'm stood there, very smug, thinking, oh, I'm glad he didn't ask me. <laughs> and then later on in the day, I had to go and see Johnny about something. And he said, oh, would you share? And I'm thinking, oh, I was so smug, I can't say no. <laughs> but then I, I text him and said, well, maybe after all the years of abuse you've given me at the front, I can say something about you instead. <laughs> So, but he's only given me eight minutes, so I haven't got long to talk about him. I could probably go on longer than that. But one thing I did want to say was, I asked Johnny a question once. Just a question, does A still live at B? Answer, yes or no. Not with Johnny. He should be a politician. Half an hour later, I still hadn't got an answer. And I, I got the life story. And I just burst out laughing. He said, what are you laughing at? I said, you haven't answered my question. All I wanted was a yes or no. He said, I'm getting there. Oh, right. Okay. Uh, just one quick notice I did want to share was we're going to have a ladies get together. Woo-hoo! Okay. That's, that sounds like you're interested. Uh, so on the 30th of April, keep the date three. For all ladies 13 and above, um, very welcome. Details will follow, but if you're interested, can you let me know? And probably our lovely Naomi is going to get some details out for you. So that's just one quick notice. Okay, so I'll now get on with what I feel God wants to say. So we all know that the, you know, since the last two years, so it's been difficult with the pandemic. And you all know that I was involved in a, in a food hub. And, but I feel that although it was a difficult time, God taught me a lot during that time. And that's the sort of things I want to remember. Not the difficult times. There were difficult times, um, really. But I want to remember the things that God taught me through the pandemic. And he was working so much during the pandemic. Um, and I know we often shared, and Ross and I used to say when we were sharing, or oh, people would be getting fed up of hearing about potatoes, because God provided so much. When, I know there was times, because I used to do the buying, and I remember getting there one day and said, oh, Ross, I forgot to get this. Uh, it was a cucumber or potatoes can't believe I forgot to buy it. I, I remembered the other 99 things, but I forgot this one thing. 
And in the morning, a gentleman walked in who had an allotment and he had a big bin bag of veg. He said, you couldn't use these, could you? Well, I could have given him a hug. But it was the pandemic, so I thought I'd better not. And I didn't know him either. Um, so, and there were so many times that people would come in with stuff that we didn't have or we needed. And I, I, I honestly wish I'd kept a diary because, you know, you forget them, don't you? Um, and I just wish I'd kept a note of all the times. And that's the times that I want to remember over the difficult times. And even with volunteers, um, you know, volunteers would come and go and you'd get them trained up in, in how to do bags. And then for whatever reason, they couldn't do it. And I'm thinking, oh no, not again. Um, but then somebody would walk in and say, I'd like to volunteer. I was never short of a volunteer. We always had uh, volunteers. And it was a difficult time. Um, I was working from nine, to, at least from nine till six. And then um, I'd have to go home and think about tea. And God sent Maria. Because once when I went to visit Maria, she said to me, would you be offended if I made you a meal? Me, offended. I want everyone out there to know, if you want to make me a meal, I'm not offended at all, honestly. And um, so one day a week, I'd go to Maria's and she'd make me a meal. But she made so much, it lasted two days. So for two days, I'd have a decent meal. It possibly was the only decent meal I had all week. But just a funny story from that, Maria, put everything in little tubs, everything was individual, so I just put it out as and when I wanted it. She knows what's coming. Uh, and she made soup, I had two courses, I'd had soup and a main meal, and I put it all out on my plate, and one of these days I was merrily eating it, it was potatoes and veg and cheese sauce, really nice, and I got a text from her to say, oh, by the way, You've got semolina for pudding. And I thought, oh, I thought that cheese sauce was a bit sweet. <laughs> so I put poured semolina over my dinner. <clears throat> um, and I just thought, you know, with God, nothing is a surprise. You know, the pandemic wasn't a surprise. God knows all that happens. Um, and I just want to share, I know I've shared this with some people and I make no apologies for sharing it again, but something I read in this, in this book and it was a prayer from Helen Rosevear and she was working in, in Africa. Ooh, I've lost my page. She was working in Africa and um, a mother had died in childbirth which had left a premature newborn and a two-year-old daughter. And the only way for this child to survive was warmth. This child needed a hot water bottle. Don't jump ahead of me. Um, there was no incubator, no electricity, and there was no hot water bottles. 
So she gathered um, all the orphans together and, and they prayed. Um, but they needed that whole hot water bottle that day. She'd been there four years, had never had a parcel from England. Don't jump ahead of me. And um, so a little 10-year-old prayed to God to send a hot water bottle. But not only a hot water bo bottle, but a doll for the two-year-old. So they prayed and... Um, and Helen thought, well, even if I get a parcel, and I've never had one, there won't be a hot water bottle in it because I'm on the equator. So who's going to think about sending me um, a hot water bottle? And lo and behold, that afternoon, a parcel arrived. So they opened it and started emptying it. And do you want to guess what was in it? Yeah, you thought that, didn't you? Well, there was. <clears throat> so in this parcel was a hot water bottle. And the little girl said, you know what? If God sent a hot water bottle, he's got to have sent a dolly as well for the other little girl. So they looked further down the parcel and what was there? Yeah, <laughs> there was a doll for the two-year-old. But do you know what the amazing thing was? This parcel had taken five months to come. So God knew five months ago that this was going to be needed. If it had arrived earlier, it would have been the wrong time because it would have been used on perhaps on others. If it had arrived a day later, it would have been too late for the hot water bottle because that little baby would have died. Everything is in uh, God's timing. And I was thinking of that song that we sometimes sing, even when I don't see it, you're working, even when I don't feel it, you're working. But you know, God hears our prayers today. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And um, he still answers our prayers. And he gives what we need when we need it. Um, he gives us strength when we need it. He gives us boldness when we need it, the right words. When I was working in the hope, I had to pray for energy some days. I'd go home at night and I'd be absolutely shattered and I'd say, God, I can't do this. I need a rest tomorrow, but if you want me to do it, you're going to have to give me that energy. And I'd wake up the next day and I'd have the energy to do it because that's what God wanted me to do. I believe that's what God wanted me to do. So in uh, 1 Thessalonians 5, it says, Be joyful always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. So it's really, don't stop praying. And sometimes our answers might take a time, uh, but it's God's way of working his will out in, in our lives. He's always listening. He hears your prayers. He's always there. And he always answers in ways that he knows best. Helen Rosevear, she got the hot water bottle and, and doll at just the right time. So just a reminder, just keep praying, trusting God, because his timing 
are always best. Sometimes we don't understand and we find it hard and sometimes we have to have patience and I know it's not easy and I, I appreciate that. But let's keep looking up to God and trusting him in all our circumstances. And I wasn't going to read this. I read this this morning, but I am going to read it in just finishing. And, you know, sometimes I do think it is good to look back and see on the good things that God has done in our lives. And I look back over the last two years, and when times are hard, I think, but God provided when we needed. And, and God is always there. So I'm going to read Psalm 77. And this is a, a Psalm of Asaph. And he was going through a difficult time. And he was, I cried out to God for help. I cried out to God to hear me. When I was in distress, I sought the Lord. At night, I stretched out on tiring hands, and my soul refused to be comforted. I remembered you, O God, and I groaned. I mused, and my spirit grew faint. You kept my eyes from closing. I was too troubled to speak. I thought about the former days, the years of long ago. I remembered my songs in the night. My heart mused, and my spirit inquired. Will the Lord reject us forever? Will he never show his favor again? Has his unfailing love vanished forever? Has his promise failed for all time? Has God forgotten to be merciful? Has he in anger withheld his compassion? Then I thought, to this I will appeal, the years of the right hand of the Most High. I will remember the deeds of the Lord. Yes, I will remember your miracles of long ago. I will meditate on all your works and consider all your mighty deeds. Your ways, O oh God, are holy. What God is so great as our God? You are the God who performs miracles. You display your power among the peoples. With your mighty arm, you redeemed your people, the descendants of Jacob and Joseph. The waters saw you, O oh God, the waters saw you and writhed. The very depths were convulsed. The clouds poured down water. The, the skies resounded with thunder. Your arrows flashed back and forth. Your thunder was heard in the whirlwind. Your lightning lit up the world. The earth trembled and quaked. Your path led through the sea, your way through the mighty waters. Though your footprints were yet seen, you led your people like a flock by the hand of Moses and Aaron. So Asaph was struggling and he was thinking, has God forgotten us? Has he rejected us? Does he not love us anymore? But then he remembered what God had done, that he'd parted the waters and remembered his faithfulness. And God is faithful today. How to follow that. <laughs> okay, so I guess it isn't by chance that at Bible study on Tuesday afternoon, um, Donna gave us a talk 
and she talked to us about how important our testimony can be for other people to hear. And then the next day, Johnny asked me if I'd share some of what God has been doing in my, lives for the last eight, in my life for the last eight months with you all today. But after hearing what Donna said to us, I've decided not to concentrate on the broken and before part of my story, but concentrate on the way God has restored and moved my life in the last few months. But briefly, for those of you who don't really know me, I was born and raised in Barrow, but for the last five years, I've been living in different parts of the UK. <clears throat> I've been in a very unhealthy relationship, which has completely destroyed my self-worth and my self-confidence. I moved from Scarborough back to Barrow back in July with my ex-partner, who told me it was for us to settle down here for good. But it turned out the move had been planned, and he had the whole intention of leaving me here. So he left two weeks after moving. I was crushed, totally broken at my lowest and felt completely alone. I sat at the back of this church in tears three days later and was instantly shown love and compassion. I chose to immerse myself into seeking God and trying to find out his will for my life. I joined the ladies Bible study group and Sandra's connect home group and gradually I started to make some friends. Little did I know back then how important those friendships and connections would become to me. Within a few weeks, Roz had asked me if I would help her cook at the community meal on Walney one Monday, and I've continued to help there every, each week since. I've got to know many more people from being there, and I've got to know Roz a lot better. We usually manage to have something go wrong each week to make us laugh. It's something I've really enjoyed doing, and it's helped me grow in self-worth. A couple of weeks later, whilst I was at the Walney meal, Shirley asked if I was free to help her at Toddlers on the Wednesday as she needed an extra pair of hands that week. It was really great fun, and yes, I've been there every week since too. Again, I've grown friendships, met new people, had lots of laughs, and grown in self-confidence. I work from home, and I listen to Christian radio all day whilst I'm working, and I noticed that I was hearing things on the radio station that I listened to that were really speaking to me. I started to engage with some of the presenters during their show, <clears throat> and I was asked if I would record my testimony for one of their shows. I was really hesitant because I was really only at the very start of my journey, but I was reassured that all testimonies about God speak to someone and would be exactly what somebody needed to hear at that time. So my story up to that point aired on UCB2 radio back in October. One day around that time, I was having a very tearful conversation with my friend back in Scarborough. I was saying how I would love to go away for a few days to some kind of Christian break, but I didn't know where or what to look for. Within half an hour of that call, God stepped in and Ros messaged me to ask if I'd like to go to the Nancy Gowdy Spiritual Health Weekend. Since Christmas and New Year, which was a really, really low time for me, God has really accelerated his movement in my life. I've stepped up in things in the last few months that can literally only be God-given. I know this because I have done and still am doing things that scare and challenge me, and there is no way I would ever have chosen to do any of them of my own accord, and that includes standing here today. In January, as the Start Fast series was coming to a close, Johnny asked me if I would be willing to share my experience in the following week's service. Speaking in front of people is so far out of my comfort zone that I knew God had called me to do it, so I couldn't refuse. 
To say I was nervous doesn't come close. I shook so much that I couldn't read the words on my phone I was holding and ended up having to make it up as I went along. So that's why I've asked to use the music stand today. <laughs> Although it was very jumbled and messy, it felt so good to be able to share God's work in my life that day. Then came February and the Nancy Gowdy weekend. It was just the best weekend and the first time I truly felt the Holy Spirit during a worship session and I knew for absolute sure that God was real and was with me. But I still had worries about not being able to hear God and insecurities about praying. And it was during that weekend I was asked to be on the prayer team at the Flourish Ladies Conference. I was like, um, excuse me? I'm too scared to pray out loud in front of others in small groups. I didn't feel able to hear God, and you want me to stand at the front of church and pray over others? Well, God was certainly about to change all of that. It was also during that weekend I was asked to pray over someone for the very first time. Nervous and stumbling over my words, the Holy Spirit spoke through me, and I was able to pray. There were way better qualified people to pray that evening, but God had specifically called to me for that prayer. The following weekend, I once again found myself standing here, out of my comfort zone, sharing about the weekend and how I knew God was real. In Bible study group meetings, I was encouraged to pray a closing prayer, then an opening prayer, and I found myself being asked to pray aloud more and more, and my confidence in God and the Holy Spirit was slowly growing. Then came the Flourish Ladies' Day, which was truly special, but it didn't come without its challenges, and so many of us came under attack as we stepped up. But what a blessing it was to be on the prayer team that day and to have the privilege of praying for others and to have the Holy Spirit lead me. Many of us were on a prayer team for the first time that day, and it really helped grow my confidence in God in prayer and helped grow relationships. On Friday, we were given the feedback comments to our prayer cards that we had written for the ladies attending. It was really overwhelming to see what had been said about my prayers and such an encouragement to know that the words I had been given from God for ladies that I didn't even know were accurate and spoke into those ladies' lives. God had used me and I knew I had heard him. It's only three weeks since Flourish, and yet again, I find myself stood here, out of my comfort zone yet again, striving to obey what God has asked me to do, which this week has not only been standing here giving my testimony to you all today, but has also been the week I became co-leader of our Connect group alongside Sandra. God is growing me in more ways than I ever imagined possible eight months ago, and I feel truly blessed. This has been just a brief overview of the things God has done in my life recently. There is so much more, but I would have to stand here all day to tell you everything. <laughs> I've realized that things don't just happen by chance. There is no such thing as coincidence, and God isn't just winging it. He has a plan for your life, a plan to work all things for our good. And as I've realized, you just need willing ears to hear and open eyes to see. He puts the right people into your life at the right time to help you on your walk with him people to stand by you, people who truly love you and support you, people who want to help you grow in Jesus and encourage you on your journey. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future, Jeremiah 29, 11. A friend said to me this week that I came back to Barrow like a mistreated puppy that needed to be nursed back to trust, love, confidence and reassurance. God has provided all of those things and much more. He has literally brought me from brokenness to restoration and into a whole new life in him and through him. 
It's so easy to miss all the small things God has done in your life because you're looking for the one big thing rather than seeing all the small steps God has taken to make such big changes. Unless you take time to reflect, it's so easy to feel you aren't moving forward and that God hasn't moved in your life. I've had so, so many prompts from God to rest in him, and I can't tell you the amount of times he has, and still does, send me Psalm 46, verse 10. Be still and know that I am God. And in those times of quiet spent with him, I can see what an amazing transformation he has made in my life over the last eight months. I'm so grateful for the gift of God. With Jesus, lives truly can be changed. Thank you, Jesus. everybody. <laughs> uh, so like the other two, um, Johnny rang me on Friday. This was during our normal conversation we have on a Friday. Um, since I've come back to Springmount about eight months ago, God seems to be putting a theme on here. Um, Johnny and I have been meeting every single week um, to look at some passages together, be really intentional about studying the word of God, not just reading it, but dissecting it, understanding it, feeding on it. Um, some weeks ago I suggested that we looked at the book of Micah this tied in with the altar new course Jess been doing that, that Laura and me have been going to but also because it was uh, a really important book to me um, without ever having read it really um, my foster dad uh, Mike who passed away a couple of years back it was his favourite book and I never knew why I never studied it, I never understood it so I asked Johnny could we, could we do that one next um, so when we look at the passages together, we look at the context in which it's written, uh, the person who wrote it, it's obviously Micah in this book, why he wrote it, where he was from, who he was, his background, um, and the importance of the book. So all of this is, is obviously vital to know and learn and understand. Um, but what I really want to share is some of the personal things I've taken from the passage and why that's important to me but also what God's pushing me to do with that now, because that's why I'm studying the Bible. So the passage I really want to look at is Micah 6, verse 8. Just one passage. Firstly, I need to read it. So the NIV says this. He's shown you, O mortal, what is good, and what does the Lord require of you? To act justly, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with your God. So this is a passage many of you will recognise. It's on calendars and books and posters everywhere. It's, it's up there with John 3.16 as being one of the most famous passages we'll all recognise. So the reason it means something to me is because of the three things it's asking of all Christians to do. The first one that jumped out at me was to love mercy. Um, this is a, a challenge uh, when me and Johnny were stood talking about love mercy, the question came up of, well, when? When are you supposed to love mercy? When it's easy? When a friend makes a minor silly mistake against you? Well, yeah, of course, it's easy. So you forgive them, you, you show them mercy. But it's also when it's difficult for you, when it's somebody you don't like, when it's somebody who's hurt you, you're still supposed to show them mercy. 
and not be upset when God lets them off from the punishment they actually deserve for what they've done to you or to your friend or to somebody you care about. And that's tough for me, for me. <laughs> that's really tough. The second was act justly. And we kind of brought that down as to do justice, to act is to do something. Act happy, you are happy to be happy. And justly just means justice. So we looked at what that meant. Um, again, we started with, well, when are we supposed to act justly? Well, at all times was the answer we came up with together. God gave me a clear message to aim for. Do what is right to all people at all times, no matter the cost. Well, cost to what? What's a cost? Cost to time, cost to energy, cost to your pocket sometimes. All of that is the cost God asks of his Christian followers. So he gave me a clear message. Justice is an act of balancing. Give to those in need what we have that they don't. The other thing that stood out to me was how God had left this open by only using two words, act justly, so that I can apply this everywhere. On the bus, act justly. At home, act justly. At the dinner table, act justly. Playing football on a Tuesday night, act justly. In an argument, act justly. When somebody I don't like is stood in front of me, act justly. When they've really hurt me and upset me, act justly. And that's the calling as a Christian I find hard. <laughs> Walk humbly is, for me, the most challenging, difficult part of this passage. For the simple reason, I don't have many talents and skills and I'm not amazing. I don't mean it like that. What I mean is... The world we live in often tells us that uh, people's weaknesses and vulnerabilities should be our target, should be our focus. We look around social media at the moment, we look at particularly the, uh, the event at the Oscars and things like that. There's a lot of negativity that people are, f are focusing on. And for us, our challenge is to do the opposite, hide our own vulnerabilities so it's not a target. And that's the message of the world. God's message is different by trying to see the skills in a person instead of their weaknesses. You can begin to see them as a resource, what they can bring, what they can offer, what they can contribute. For me, I'm trying to see people not as a liability and as a limitation, but as an asset, as value. And I guess from having more of God's vision to see things and see people the way he does in a positive way and what they can bring and contribute, then it becomes easier for us to get all three of these things right in our world. I've, I've met many Christians who have a, a combination of these three things right in their world and it stands out. They stand out as, as set apart. They have something missing from my world. I see uh, somebody who doesn't need to show off and ram it down people's throat what their achievements are. They just have a natural, peaceful confidence that exudes from them. And that's what I'm aiming for. How do I get that? And that was, that was the basis of this conversation. How, how do I get what these people have? Um, these people who are always forgiving, who are 
signing up to support multiple charities and campaigns locally and globally. People who are helping random people, maybe having a, an open door policy where anybody can come and, and sit at the dining table and eat food or stay in the spare bedroom, those kind of things. Uh, having money always ready at home or maybe in the wallet or the purse, ready to give to a random person in need. We all know people like this. I certainly know many. When you meet somebody who has all three of these qualities together, it's, it's special and it leaves a mark on, you, uh, on your character. There is one person in my life who really lived this out day to day um, and it became a personality trait to act justly, love mercy and walk humbly. That was how you would describe them and that was my foster dad, Mike. Uh, Micah 6 verse 8 was the very passage that uh, became the way he lived his life and inspired him in the first place to live that way. It's challenged me deeply to find those I need to act justly for. It's challenged me, who do I need to give what I have that they're in need of? My time, my money, my knowledge, my skills, my education, my love, my food, my clothes, whatever's asked of me by God, how do I give that away freely? And more than that, who in my world needs me to show them mercy? Who owes me something? Who's, who's God put in my path for me to, to test that out? I believe God gives you a test of those skills. He doesn't just give you mercy. He gives you an opportunity to show mercy. So in my world, who's God put in my path for me to be merciful towards? Who do I need to give a break to? Who do I need to give that compassion to? And then who can I do all of this for and be quiet about it? Because the third bit's the hardest for me, the humility and not shout it from the rooftops. Who can I do all of this work for behind closed doors? And if somebody finds out, smile it off. Because that's the challenge in my world. That's the most difficult part in my life, to not shout it from the rooftops, to not tell people to just crack on and get the job done. I guess the challenge in mine is, can I do my walk with humility, but give that glory to God? That's it.